This is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Flavor of Leadership podcast. This is episode number four. Today, we're going to be talking about preparation and preparing for the unknown. Have a little quote to start us out today from Seneca, probably one you have heard before. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Um, I've also heard this, you know, changed a little bit where people have changed the word luck for something else where they've said, you know, success or winning is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. But truly, any way you see it, good things seem to happen to those that prepare well. So preparation. Whenever I think about preparation, I always think about my time as a Boy Scout. Don't know about you, but I I grew up in Boy Scouts. My brothers and I are all Eagle Scouts and participated in scouting since I was since I was young. One of the first requirements when you're a Boy Scout that you have to do is learn the Scout motto. And any of you that were Boy Scouts are probably saying it right now in your head. Be prepared. Be prepared. One of the easiest things to memorize as a Scout, and but one of the harder ones to, to actually act on. I can think of times when I was young as a Scout, or even later in life as I was a Scout leader, there would be times that we would go on campouts and the difference in preparation between boys was was often pretty significant. Uh, it seemed like no matter how much appropriate preparation was discussed and talked about and what it looked like, there would always seem to be one or two boys that would that would show up wearing shorts to a camp out that was going to be in the winter in the snow, for instance. Or you'd have other boys that would show up you know, that would be packed for a seven-day excursion, even if the trip was only just for one night. You know, one was super unprepared, you know, the one that came with the shorts, and uh, while the other one was not really appropriately prepared either. You know, they they basically brought everything they could possibly bring, not really taking into account what the campout was going to be like. I think about the boy in shorts. It's, he, he's he's kind of like the one who shows up for a math test at school without studying and didn't even bring a pencil, right? Uh, whereas the other boy would kind of be the equivalent of someone who shows up to that same math test with 20 perfectly sharpened pencils and having prepared for an English history and science tests as well, you know, just in case something comes up. You know, is it is it possible that all that preparation would help in the math test? I mean, I guess anything is possible, but is it likely? Uh, not really. You know, preparation is good, but, you know, overkill can can actually be wasteful in, in a lot of cases. So appropriate preparation is, is the key here. Appropriate preparation. You know, one of the most important parts of preparation truly includes the knowledge piece, right? The things that you learn. And that's one place where the Boy Scouts helped a lot right? Include not tying, starting fires, setting up tents, using a compass, and, and, and many other things. And it seemed in 
the scouting side of things that there was definitely a correlation between those that were knowledgeable and those that came with the right gear for the camp out. So the ones that paid attention, did the things they needed to, those are the ones that typically came prepared for the camp out. And you think, well, of course that's the case. You know, the people that are paying attention and doing that would come prepared properly. So, so yes, it is simple, but it didn't always happen. <laughs> it didn't always happen. So I, I believe this also holds true to other parts of our lives and, and parts of business. And I believe that this year of 2020 has, has tested us all, especially when it comes to the big topic of 2020, which is undoubtedly this COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, this, this pandemic has thrown us all for a loop in ways that none of us really could have anticipated. And it has truly had a global effect on our lives and on our businesses. And truly, it seems to be all that people seem to talk about these days is, is the impact of this pandemic and, and what it's done to all of the different things around us. Even simple things are, are now more complicated with this pandemic. The pandemic has also made us all truly hyper aware of where we're at in our lives and, and truly just how fragile the supply chain is. We typically will not think twice about going to the grocery store, about getting the things that we need, or even in some of our business, knowing that you know business will come and, and that we can do certain things and get additional business. But, but things have changed and they changed for a short time and they're still not quite back to normal. And so we found that with this fragile supply chain that, man, having some extra food just in case or, or even some extra toilet paper is probably not a bad idea to make sure we're, we're prepared. When the next unforeseen challenge comes, you know, whether it's the entire world or even just our own personal world. And so the next challenge was not going to look like the current challenge. It never does. It's always different. And pushes us in different ways, but just, it makes you think, I don't know what challenges have you encountered this year that you could have never anticipated? Probably quite a few things. I mean, what decisions did you have to make that you were not prepared for? And those could be decisions at, at home in regards to your family. It could be decisions in regards to things at work and people that that you employ or people that you lead in the business world. It seems like everyone has been impacted in some way. And there are even many companies that were forced to close their doors or reduce their workforce in response to, to all the uncertainty that was around them or, or even just the drop in business. I'm sure that, that you have been involved in you know, personal discussions or business discussions about what you might've done differently if you had been better prepared. And sometimes some of those discussions, thinking about, well, what I would have done or those regretful discussions, sometimes they're not very fruitful. But if they change our future actions and the way we prepare for other things, then then totally worth it. Great discussions to have. So what will we do in the future to be better prepared? Not just physically prepared, but also emotionally prepared and have our business prepared to react and move and be mobile, to be able to 
adjust to a changing market, to a changing world. The Boy Scout model talks about a state of being, right? Be prepared, where you are completely prepared. But, I mean, can that state of being really last? I mean, it kind of talks about being prepared as if it's something that you can accomplish and just keep. I think about an athlete, perhaps a marathon runner, right? They run and run and eat right. They do all the things they need to do to prepare and to be able to be ready for the race. But in the end, they they can't just prepare once and know that in the future, they can run a race at their top speed anytime they want. It's a continual state of preparation. The other day, I was uh, speaking with my uncle, and he shared with me an idea that's kind of stuck with me over the last few days. And he, he kind of took that same little Boy Scout model of be prepared, and he, and he said, you know, we should be preparing. And I, I like that little that little change to the word prepare to make it preparing, to make it something that's continuous. So not just something that you do once, but something you continuously do. I love that extra step. I once worked for an organization that had a big focus on lean methodology. And this thought of preparing makes me think about this lean methodology. So some people think about lean and they hear the word lean and they think, oh, well, they think about leaning up and cutting things out and and just cutting costs. They think of lean in that way. They, they don't think of it in the terms of the true lean methodology. And so one of the big parts of lean is the principle of continuous improvement and the reducing of muda. So they talk about muda. Muda is a Japanese word. And for those who speak Japanese, I'm, I'm probably murdering the word, but we always say muda. And that is a Japanese word for, for useless or waste. So really it's saying, you know, we want to continuously improve and we want to reduce waste. So this can be done through the reduction of all types of waste, the, you know, wasted motion, wasted, you know, waiting and time and defects, et cetera. So there's, there's lots of different ways that we can reduce waste. Toyota is actually super famous for their Toyota production system. And so Toyota production system has impacted much of the way the world sees the lean methodology today. And really, if you go in context of a production line or an assembly line at at a car manufacturer, it it actually helps you kind of see how, how this works. Let's picture an assembly line. They're producing parts for a vehicle where all of the individual pieces start on one end right? And it goes through the assembly line and out at the other end pops this perfectly functioning part that will be used in a vehicle. So it's excellent. And the other side of the, and at the other end, the part is tested and verified to meet all the standards it needs to meet to, to, to work properly in the vehicle. Now, one thing that Toyota and and other companies that do lean, whether it's manufacturing or service, it can work in lots of different places is if at any point in a process, in manufacturing or otherwise, someone finds an error or a defect, they can stop the process at any time. So in the example of the car assembly line, the part, the little pieces go in, the assembled part comes out. And if at any point along the way, or even when it's tested, it finds out that, man, it doesn't meet the standard, 
there is now a defect or something is wrong, anyone along the line can stop the process so that they can do a root cause analysis and find out, okay, where is the root cause of the problem so that they can eliminate the problem before they continue so that waste can be reduced and the process continually gets better and better. So it's truly continuous improvement. So they're constantly preparing to, to, to get better and better and improving the process every single time. And when it doesn't work, they stop it, they make it happen, fix the pro, find the, find the root cause, fix the process, move along. So in our normal days at work, do we take the time to stop when something doesn't go quite right to figure out what the root cause is? And fix the processes and reduce the waste? I mean, do we even have a good enough pulse on our part of the business that's under our responsibility that we lead to be prepared to react when things don't go as planned? This is a big part of, of preparation is, is knowing things well enough to be able to react when things don't go as planned. Do we allow our people to stop a process if they see a defect or a bad outcome, right? We say defect, and that's easy to think of in a, in a car part that doesn't work. But, but what happens when you are talking about a customer service experience? So a customer has a poor experience in your office. Is that considered a defect or a bad outcome? Yeah, emphatically, yes, it is a defect. So are we taking the time to fix it or are we just saying, oh, well, that customer, they're full of it. They're always tough to work with. Hmm. Or is there more? Is there something more that we can do? And that will help prepare us to accomplish anything that comes our way. We fix the process and find the root cause of the issue. When you're thinking about your organization, as a whole, or even just your department that you're over, is it okay in your organization or your department to criticize a process or critique a process that isn't working? Or do you have to step on eggshells? Is this the culture of the company or is this a culture that you created on purpose? Or is it something that you did on accident without even realizing it, unintentional? So if something isn't quite right, are people allowed to, to wave their hand in the air and say, stop, this isn't right. Let's fix the process. In, I, I love uh, Jim Collins. Jim Collins, he's the author of you know, Good to Great, Great by Choice, and, and other great books. And he talks about doing an autopsy without blame. I love that. We think of an autopsy, right? That's, that's when you know, trying to determine the cause of death right? In, in a corpse and they, they go through and figure out, okay, what happened to this person? And they do an autopsy and there's no blame there. They're just trying to figure out, okay, what is the truth is what they're trying to figure out. Are we allowed to do those type of autopsies without blame in our organization? Can we go and, and critique a process and help make it better without being worried about the person who originally started the process getting, getting offended? If we're walking on eggshells, something is wrong. Because without a culture of continuous improvement, where people can not take offense to something that needs to change, we're not 
going to be able to get anywhere near the preparation we need to be able to be the best in the market, to be able to be the best place to work, to be able to create processes that will allow us to move to the next level. That's why I love continuous improvement. It just helps us continuously prepare and have that constant striving to to improve. Some people, they think, oh, well, if you can never actually be prepared and you have to constantly be preparing, I mean, that just just doesn't sound like a lot of fun either. (laughs) You can never get there, right? It actually makes me think of of when back in grade school, some of you may remember this. I I remember doing Greek mythology in, in grade school, and I remember the story of a Sisyphus. So Sisyphus, he's the one, as you might recall, that was doomed to have to push that rock up the hill for eternity, right? So he had to keep pushing and pushing and pushing this rock up a hill. And if he ever stopped, it would just roll back down. He had to keep pushing it up for eternity. And so hopefully the thought of continuously preparing doesn't feel like a punishment. Hopefully hopefully it becomes something that you actually enjoy doing. Something that the process of continually improving and, and, you know, the processes around you and preparing is something that doesn't feel like a punishment. It's something that can actually be exciting, and bring you joy. I, I often think of this in the same terms of preventative maintenance, right? You know, you think about uh, our vehicles. We do preventative maintenance all the time. Other equipment, when manufacturing plants or thing, places in our home where we do preventative maintenance to to prepare, to make sure that things aren't going to break prematurely. They keep running well. And do we do this for ourselves as well? How about our teams? Do we, do we find a way to do some sort of preventative maintenance with ourselves? Continual learning, perhaps? I know this time of year, often, people are likely dialing in their their 2021 goals, right? So we're coming near the end of the year, already trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do next year as a company or personally? Perhaps there are resolutions that you're trying to make for the new year. What are they? What are the things you're trying to do? As you're considering your resolutions or your goals for 2021, I would challenge you to consider adding some sort of preventative maintenance or continuous learning goal or resolution to challenge yourself. Do something a little different. Up your game and figure out how to add some of this continuous learning to what you do. Which skills do you need to hone and refine to be better prepared for that next challenge that you may encounter? And I'll I'll even rephrase that. Not that you may encounter, that you will encounter. It will come. And it will be different than the last challenge you've had. You can guarantee that. You know that it will be different and that it will push you. So how are we preparing now for those things? And do we have a culture within our department or within our company that allows people to do the same, to continuously improve? So as we come to the end of this episode, I want to thank each of you that have taken the time to to rate and also write a written review about the show. It truly means so much to me personally, and it also helps others find us. So thank you very much for joining me today, and I will see you back here 
next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflearership.com. Thanks for listening.